1: It's The Last Stand Podcast. Are you feeling run down? Do you need a natural way to boost your immune system? The all-natural B1 patch from USA Natural may be just what you're looking for. Professional athletes use it, and you can too. Just peel and stick, and within 30 minutes feel the natural boost of energy, stamina, and endurance. Visit buyb1.com and enter the code BC3 for a discount on every order. Wear what the pros wear. The all-natural B1 patch.
2: And here's your host, Brian Custer. That's right. It is The Last Stand Podcast. I'm Brian Custer, where we're bringing you some of the biggest names in sports, uh, entertainment. And I tell you what, our guest for this show doesn't get any bigger. He is an owner of one of the big professional sports leagues. He's an actor. In fact, one of his movies is celebrating their 25th anniversary. Uh, He's one of the dopest MCs ever to grace the mic, also a Hall of Famer, because his former rap group in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he is the one and only O'Shea Jackson. That's his government name. Y'all know him
3: as Ice Cube. What's up, Cube? (laughs) What's happening, man? You know, when I heard you say O'Shea, and I was looking, you know, for my son, (laughs) he... He's carrying that name. I used to be able to slide by with Ice Cube, but now everybody know O'Shea Jackson, Jr. So, you know, I got to, I got to, you know, either I'm looking for a check, or I'm looking for my son, one or the other.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, man, it's, it's really good, and I'm happy that you can join us. Hey, hey. first and for, foremost, how's the lovely Kimberly? How's the family, especially during this pandemic? How are you guys doing?
3: Everybody cool. You know, everybody kicked back. Um, you know, we, we kick back people out here anyway. So, you know, it's just, we taking it all in stride, um, hanging, you know, getting a chance to, to really, you know, do a few things that we need to do around the house, you know, of course, but also getting a chance to just enjoy each other, you know, watching a lot of, you know, old sports and movies and, you know, just hanging. What you binge-watching these days? Um, I'm not really, you know, I'm kind of off the binge-watching, you know. I'm, I'm, like, poking. I'm looking at a lot of old fights. You know, I watched the old Ali fight. Um, You know, old Tyson fights. Uh, some old basketball games. You know, I, I looked at the, the, the Jordan 63-point game versus Boston. So... You know, I've been, I've been, you know, just checking out a lot of old history and it's been cool.
2: And I asked a number of guests that we've had, what's your your favorite quarantine snack? If you like me, man, I just can't stay out of the pantry. What's your favorite quarantine snack you got to stay away from?
3: Oh man, I guess it would be peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, you know what (laughs) I mean? I gotta, I've been on them tough. Like, like I'm an eight year old right now. Um, so I gotta kick back a little bit because I'm starting to double up and need you know, one need two and two a day and three, and, and you know that that just can't be good. So, you know, I've just been on the P B and J a little too heavy.
2: Now, listen, I, I see the shirt that you got on, and one of the things uh you're doing are you're selling those shirts uh and especially for a really good cause. So talk to me about it. You know, let the people see that shirt and tell us why you're selling them.
3: Well, you know, we all wanna do our part to uh, help the, the just the front line, you know, healthcare workers, everybody that's just putting their life on the line for us and um, and for the community. And so, you know, I wanted to do something where you give a little something, but you get something back, you know? So we start making these, you know, check yourself t-shirts, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, you check yourself, I got the mask on you know, before you wreck yourself, you know what I'm saying? So it's kinda cool, you know, and it's all going to a good cause. All the proceeds going to the healthcare workers. You know, we not we not keeping it down. We just want to make sure that people participate in the cause, but also, you know, get a little something. You know what I mean? Why not? So it's it's like you give a little something, you get a little something and everybody happy the healthcare workers win.
2: That's fantastic, man! I love that you're you're doing that. Um, you know, just recently, the president had this conference call with all of the leaders of pro- professional sports uh, organizations. The Big Three was one of them, and in the relation of trying to bring sports back, uh, what came of that call? And especially in light of the Big Three that was uh, scheduled is scheduled to come back June twentieth. So where are we? with that in the start of the season?
3: Well, my my partner, Jeff Quantinence, was on the call. uh, And, you know, he basically said that they were doing everything they could to bring sports back. You know, they they was pushing, they was helping. Um, But, you know, with the federal government doing what they can, it's still in the hands of the governors, really, on when states come back, you know, what do they consider essential Um, You know, starting June 20th is really not realistic for us. You know, we had to, you know, cancel our our tryouts and combine um, to try to keep that schedule. So we've pushed it back and postponed it now to July 11th. We also were supposed to play Memphis on June 20th. We were supposed to play New York, uh, the the, uh, tennis arena out there we were supposed to play that and ended up, you know, those got shut down. So, you know, we wasn't playing July 4th, so our first game back would have been July 11th. So hopefully we can start the season on July 11th. Um, but we still don't believe we can have a tryout and a combine this year. Um, so we're going to probably have guys, you know, hopefully submit, Workouts, submit, uh, you know their last games, you know their best, you know their best moves, you know, cut it up, get it to us, get it to our uh, player captains and co-captains and coaches. So you know we we we're making adjustments just like every other league, and um, you know every other league, you know, really have these you know major um, you know contracts to fall back on. You know we're still in our fourth year so we're still trying to really you know make sure this league has a great foundation so you know we want to be smart make sure we can put on the best product what's cool is we're talking to a network and hopefully we can make an announcement soon that we're trying to uh, do a a show like uh a, a show sort of like big brother uh but you know instead of game to advance, you would play basketball games to advance. So we're we're doing a combination. It's, it's, to me, it's a great show that will work, you know, if this was going on or not. You know, it's something we may do in the off season every year, but it's something that we're, you know, working to put together just some, you know, to get sports up and running as fast as we can, you know, but we still can't move faster than California wants to move. We still can't move faster than you know, there's the equipment available to make sure everybody's safe, tested. So, you know, we still can't move faster than, you know, the government, so to speak. So, you know, we don't want to trip over ourselves and do anything that doesn't make sense for the league and doesn't help us grow. So right now we're postponed to July 11th.
2: You, you know, the one of the big the great things about the big three is that it's affordable and that's why you always pack arenas uh, every week for the big three and you go from city to city because with this pandemic now maybe there's some states that are maybe open some that may not some may have more restrictions than you know, some leagues talking about playing without fans. could Could you play the big three without fans? Is that or do you would you have to look into, you know, maybe we have to postpone or. P- further uh, push Harvard League back until the fall or, or next season?
3: We want to play by air. We want to do the what's smart, you know, things are changing every day when it comes to how society is dealing with this pandemic. Um, it's something we we have to consider. You know, what I mean, we have to look at all our options uh, just to be responsible to all, all our shareholders and everybody who you know, is is looking to us to, sorry, I keep hitting the table. (laughs) keep shaking. But looking to us to advance, um, you know, this league and make sure that it continues to grow. So we're looking at all options. We don't want to be, you know, irresponsible. Uh, You know, we can play without fans. You know, that's not a problem. I think most of the time people have seen three-on-three games in their life It's been with our fans. It's been in backyards and playgrounds. and So people are used to seeing that kind of game played in an intimate setting. So, you know, we are considering doing all the games in one location. But, you know, like I said, we still can't move faster than the government. But we also have to make decisions in advance. So we're, you know, we're playing and we're just keeping our ear to the street you know, like I said, Jeff was on the call with what's happening in Washington. You know, we're, we're checking what's happening in California or any other state that we may have to play. Um, so we're looking at all our options, man, and making sure that we can do it in a safe manner and making sure that it's still, you know, high-level competition. And, you
2: know, a last question on that uh, before we move on is, I know we had talked with, let's say, Dusty Baker, and we talked he gave us, hey, if we're not playing baseball by this drop-dead date, I don't think that we could have even a shortened season because guys need to get back into like a spring training before they just, you know, come back. Do you have a drop-dead date where you say, look, if we don't have any resolution by – mid-july then you know i think we have to look towards big three next season or big three in the winter or fall
3: um i mean yeah we have you know it's a lot of it's really a lot of uh you know plate spinning here you know i mean it's a lot of moving parts so you know we have to you know consult with our you know sponsors consult with our partners our league, we consult with our players, make sure they're ready to play and they want to play, and they are in shape and they they feel comfortable with it, that their body is going to respond. So, you know, we got to play it by ear. You know, we do have drop dead dates where, you know, we're going to look and say, hey, you know, this thing is maybe better in the fall, maybe better in the winter. We also want to gauge with the NBA, doing the NFL, college football. You know, we wanna get in where we fit in, you know, we wanna be an enhancement to the sports experience, not a disruption or interruption. So, um, you know, we just planted it by ear like every other league. And hey, you know, the the major sports leagues don't really have a handle on this. And, you know, we feel like, you know, we you know, we're in better position to maneuver than they are. So You know, we we feel like we can play it by ear and still make a decision that to move the league forward.
2: How long was Big Three in the making? And what I mean by that was uh, when you first had the idea, how long ago was that? And who was the first person you talked to and you said, yo, I know this may sound crazy, but I want to do this three-on-three professional basketball league. Um,
3: We had the idea... Um, you know, it it had to be at the end of, you know, 2015, um, you know, we started to really think about, like, how could this work? First person I told was my wife. Uh, she's my muse, you know what I mean? She, she's going to give it to me straight. She's going to keep it 100,000, you know, so... I always ran it by her, and, you know, after that, it was, you know, talking to, to my guy, Jeff, you know, me and him, we, we're, we're fearless, you know what I'm saying? We, we think, like, we the people to bring a good idea to the world, and we can't wait on, like, you know, the, the people who supposed to bring us all the good stuff. We can't wait on them, it's, it's up to us, you know, we, we on a mission from god so to speak so <laughs> like so me and him we 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 power argue we he's a big basketball fan uh he he had an idea of doing you know 3 on 3 tournament with the pros but not a whole league you know it was in the back of our brain so we started to you know just see what it would work with. See what it would look like. See what a business model would feel like. Uh, See if it could work. See if we can get, you know, some of the greatest minds and greatest players in basketball to to be a part of it. Because, you know, if you you can't get Iceman and Dr. J and Rick Berry and Gary Payton, um, Rick Mahorn, you know, if you can't get them dudes to buy into it, Maybe we shouldn't do it, you know what I'm saying? But when you get some of the greatest basketball players, you know the basketball gods, so to speak, to endorse what you're doing, then you feel like you're fighting a good fight, and you want to continue and you want to win, you know, for them because they, you know, they, you know, let's face it, they never got what they were supposed to get, you know, from the NBA, you know, even though they've got great careers. You know, they got a lot of good highlights. They get invited to a lot of cool shit, you know, but at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Um, how much of that money do they really see?
0: Yeah.
3: So we want to try to create a league where, you know, hopefully, you know, if we ever, you know, God willing, get as big as the NBA, that these dudes will get a check every, every week. You know what I'm saying? Coming from it, the big three. So absolutely. that's how we want it. And, um, And, you know, hopefully we'll get there one day.
2: So, you know, uh, before he passed away, God rest his soul, Kobe Bryant, you always talked about that was my guy. That was the guy who I was going after uh, uh, in relation to the big three. So who is that next guy now? Uh, he's you know Dwayne Wade's retired now there's you know guys like Jamal Crawford who's that next guy that you know I'm sure there's a number of guys you would love to see in the league but there's it's got to be one guy you say man he's now my guy I want to see him in the big three
3: I mean Dwayne Wade like you know he looked like he's having too much fun though like with the retired life but I mean he's to me like the biggest guy out there that you know, still, I feel like, want to play. Um, or maybe not. You know, maybe I'm reading it wrong. But, you know, it's Jamal Crawford. Like, he would be a big, uh, you know, to me, a big part of the league. What about I mean, Paul maybe Pierce? Maybe. Paul don't want to play. He don't want to play, huh? I don't think Paul want to play. <laughs> not in the league. You know, he, he I think he wants to – he might consider playing in this – Um, show we got that we doing, you know, we calling it, uh, you know, it's my house. Um, but he might want to do that, but I don't know if he want to, I don't know if he want to go. I mean, he making a lot of money. He got a nice fluffy job, you know, put on suits every day. I don't know if he want, I don't know if he want to get in the funk again. It's a lot (laughs) of funk in the big three. You got to be ready for that funk. Uh,
2: and and do you still see this reality uh, basketball show before the big three season or would we get, you know, would it come after? How do you see that playing out?
3: Well, it depends. You know, we're waiting to hear back from, you know, the network that we believe that's, you know, ready to to buy the show. Um, So, you know, everybody has their own issues to deal with, you know, so we want to move fast. We would love to have that show on in June, Um, but the reality is we got to go with the schedule that's available. Uh, TV, you can't always just plug in; you have to kind of schedule it. So you have to find the right opening. So you never know what they they're planning or what they you know the the issues that they're dealing with. So we just kind of in a you know holding pattern. Hopefully next week we'll be able to make a big announcement and let everybody know what's going on with the big three, with the show, with the season, and uh, be able to be definite on a few things. Um, You know,
2: before we uh, move to your other things that you're doing in your career, you got to be proud of what the big three has become because you look at some of the uniforms in the the NBA. They look like Mm -hmm. some of the uniforms from the big three. Uh, you go to the all-star game, all of a sudden they adopt what the big three has always done. No time clock at the end. First team scores so many points, they win. Uh, it was It's so funny how when the league first started, maybe the league, NBA and other may look down on it. Now, all of a sudden, they're adopting some of the things that you guys are doing. Now you're calling it fireball three. Or, hey, look, you challenge calls, and instead of challenge them, you can go one-on-one. Instead of, uh, yeah. uh, you know, that's that's a great way. I know a lot of people are excited about some of the things that the Big Three has done.
3: Yeah, you know, we wanted to enhance the basketball experience. We want to take everything that was great about uh, the NBA basketball experience and apply it to the Big Three and enhance it. Some of the things that we missed, you know, let people be themselves and have a personality, and a little trash talking never hurt anybody. Um, but also, you know, being able to make innovations to the game and make it a, a, a just a more pleasing aesthetic. Um, you know, we we are, you know, we do have a background in entertainment, so you know, we kind of know what moves the people. You know, we make sure our games are fly. You know, it's it's, it's kind of like a sexy place to be. A lot of entertainers come. A lot of NBA players. A lot of NBA coaches and um, affiliates around the game. Uh, We make it affordable. We make it a family atmosphere. You know, the game is very serious, but the atmosphere is very loose. You know, you might, you know, our guys might come sit in the stands. You know, it's just one of those things where we're, we're taking the best things and we're making a connection. And it's cool that the NBA is smart for them To make these, you know, you know, to kind of pluck these little things because I mean, hey, we take it as flattery because we've plucked so many things from them. So it's only right that they get a few things from us. So it's cool. You know, we just want to be a part of that magic uh, that that, that gives people more basketball, more sports, extend careers if we can. and just you know let guys in, hopefully in a way they want to in their career, and not just be, you know, kind of kicked out. So we're we're doing everything now with the fireball. We want to make sure we can do things that not that that's not you know sacrilegious to the game. You know, we don't want to mess with basketball. You know, basketball is fine. We want to create a new sport, a new field that takes all the great things about basketball, but also can innovate, can can do things like, you know, the bring the fire rule that you're talking about, where, you know, each half a coach can challenge a foul and say, hey, that wasn't no damn foul. Let them go one on one for the points or or not the points or whatever. You know, I don't want him to go to the free throw line. So we want to do those things without people picking it outside the saying that's not basketball. You know, you can't do that. You know, let, let them do what they do. We do what we do. We can coexist like, like boxing and UFC. They coexist still basically combat, uh, but the different rules and, and different acceptance of what's a champion and what's a pro. Uh, so, you know, it's uh. It's cool to be in this position. We still got, still got a long way to go, you know, but with help from people like you, you know, you, you always come with that in, in, in enthusiastic, you know, call of our sport. You call it like it's been around for 50 years. Looking for the champion, Joe, for the win,
0: got it!
2: He's no ordinary Joe, the triplets! have won the big three championship. Joe Johnson with 28 points. He's been the best player all season long. Lisa Leslie's been the best coach. The triplets are
3: the best team in the league. Your 2019 big three champions. You know, you you respect the blood, sweat and tears that our sport gives. You respect the competition, you know. you know, you one of the best things to happen to the big three, without a doubt, because, you know, people see you get that same respect to boxing, any other sport that you happen to find yourself doing. You know, you do it to the highest level and you, you come in the big three with that same, you know, spirit and uh, we appreciate it.
2: Man, I appreciate that too, man. Uh I really I do cuz I I do I love I love doing it. I think it's a great idea what you, de- you you've done and you can see how much it has grown and why uh so many people love it in just the short time that it's been here. Um so now all of a sudden, you also are big movie star and I I heard that you were just finishing up basically a a project and if I'm not mistaken it's a boxing kind of project. Tell me about the the latest movie that's going to be starring Ice Cube.
3: Well, we didn't get it, we didn't finish it. We we just got started. We uh we was filming for about a week, uh, but it's uh, the Clarissa Shields story, um, you know. And she, you know, if you've been following her, she's a champ right now in boxing. She's been going back and forth with Layla Ali.
0: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. You know, so it's it's a it's a great story about her, you know, coming up. Her, uh, you know, really rising out of Flint, Michigan. And everybody knows Flint, Michigan is a tough place to, you know, get your feet footing on you. Um, so for her to become a gold medalist, you know, at 17 years old, um, and then become a champion or actually win the gold medal twice. Twice. Two you
2: know, twice. Two. Only only American male or female to do that in boxing.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, help me, man. You sound struggling. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she uh she's you know just a tremendous American athlete. And I play her uh her trainer, uh Jason Clutchfield. And uh he's a guy who, you know, boxed when he was young um you know he he's out of uh out of you know flint michigan you know he did his thing right there at uh, bernstein gym right there in flint michigan um and his career was cut short because he had to take care of his ailing grandmother and father and so he became a trainer and he does it help the kids out but he's still you know is an you know electrician for the city you know he's still going and, and working hard. You know a hard twelve-hour day, ten-hour day, but he comes to the gym uh, and train, and he trained a champion. You know, world champion, gold medalist, world champion, and um, you know it, 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 it's a great story. And I'm happy to to be able to you know tell that story. You know, it's my first time playing a real person, so it's kind of cool to be able to get it in.
2: That's great. Uh, We're going to look forward to that uh, here in the near future. So 25 years ago, Friday, dropped in theaters. Uh, When y'all finished that movie, uh, did you know you had something really big?
3: Well, not really. We didn't know we had something really big. We knew we had something really fun. You know, we knew we had something that the hood was going to love. You know, I always said you know, when I first did the movie, like cool people gonna get this movie. Everybody else might not even get it. And then I just never realized there was so many cool people in the world that wanted to get it that <laughs> that it has experienced their version of Friday in their lifetime, you know. Right. They got crazy cousins and friends and their neighborhood is a little off
1: tilt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, absolutely
3: like I ne- you know, I knew that we was making something that was very relatable and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, people can all relate to Friday because it's the day the bully gets beat. You know, everybody loves the day the bully gets his ass kicked. So <laughs> it's kind of cool you know, to create a movie around that day, uh, but, but with all this other, you know, these, like, crazy distractions, you know what I mean? That's kinda, you know, it, it's just it's just the perfect way to pay homage to the to the neighborhood that I grew up in. Now, we did that movie because everybody had thought we did you know, we grew up in this hellhole. You know, everybody like in the in the eighties, nineties, South Central LA, Compton Watts, all you heard about was gang banging. All you heard about was that element. Um, the movies that was done, you know, from Boys in the Hood, Minister to Society. It was a movie called South Central. I mean, every every chance they got, you know, colors, you know, it was like, every chance they got, it was like, this is the worst place in the world to live. But we was like, damn, was it? Like, why we didn't see it kind of that way? right? right? Why did we have so much fun? So we started to kind of, me and DJ Poole, when I say we, DJ Poole helped me write it, who was also one of my producers. You know, why are we having so much fun living here? Um, so we started to see that, yo, know, we was making comedy out of a bad situation. We were, we just wanted to turn things around and and laugh at things that you would normally cry about because sometimes we do that to keep from crying, we laugh. Yeah. So it was that whole spin with that movie. That's the magic in that movie. And, um, and you know, the parts where me and John Witherspoon and it's kind of like, you know, we used to fight with these and you live to see another day and all those little things make that movie a classic.
2: But, but are you, does it trip you out? Here we are 25 years later, and you got suburban housewives saying, bye, Felicia. You got little suburban kids going, how you get fired on your day
3: off? I mean, 25 years later. That's, to me, that's what's amazing. You know, to me, it's never about what a movie make, how much money a movie make. It's all about how many times a person can watch it and enjoy it, and how many times can they like get a feeling from this movie. And by hearing those quotes year after year from all different walks of life, you know, lets me know that, you know, we did our job. We, you know, F Gary Gray, um, Chris Tucker, like I said, DJ Pooh, John Witherspoon, uh, you know, Neil Long, uh, man, uh, Virginia King, like everybody, Tony Lister. We just did our job, and uh, people love, love not only the first one. The first one is the, the classic. Right. But people love the second one and the third one. But I guess we'll come up on May 25th year anniversary in a few years. Now, I know we've
2: talked about this in the past. You've talked about doing a, a, a final Friday, uh, like a Friday finale, and there have been some talk about Chris Tucker uh, trying to get him to actually get in it. I was reading where it said that, you know, Chris Tucker uh still may be a little upset because of the money he made from the first one. He never really recouped and how big the movie's gotten that he like, you know what? Nah, man, I didn't get paid where I should have gotten paid from the first one. I ain't doing no more. Do you think he's he's finally past that where he would actually do a Friday
3: finale? That movie was made for two point five million dollars. Wow. Right? Nobody got paid. Everybody got <laughs> scaled that was acting in the movie, including me, acting in the movie, okay? We wrote the movie, produced the movie, so of course we got more of the movie. But yeah. at the time, Chris is an actor. So, you know, I didn't get rich from the first time I did Boys in the Hood. You know what I mean? I got a little right. over doing Boys in the Hood, but it was made for... $6 million, a little more money. So it was just where we all were at the time. And we was willing to pay him on part two, three. You know, we knew he was a $10 million, $20 million actor at the time. So that money was available, and that's how it worked. You do, sometimes you do the first one, and, and when it's time to do the second one, that's when you really get paid. And everybody knows that's how the movie game go. So I don't know if that was it, you know what I mean? That that could be, you know, a, a reason to hold on to, but I, I just think it's something else.
2: It's mm. not that. Mm. Uh, let's talk about, you know, the reason why you're so famous, because it, it all goes really back to music. Uh, and I mean, you're one of the dopest MCs ever, uh, a, a group that was legendary, still doing music today. Uh, everything uh, Corrupt came out about a year and a half ago. Uh, what do you think about today's hip-hop?
3: I love it. You know, hip-hop is its like water. You know, sometimes it flows in the path of least resistance. And <laughs> you got to flow with it. That's why they call it a flow. Um, you know, look, there's always been good hip-hop. There's always been okay hip hop and there's always been hip hop that sucked in every era. So it's no different today. It was no different in the 90s, 80s, 70s. People made good records, people made bad records, man. That's just the music business. So I'm down with whatever's popping, you know what I mean? But I'm gonna stick with my style. You know, I think the mistake is chasing you know, what they doing, you know, what I need to do is what I'm doing because people love me for what I do. Yeah. And if you want to hear my flavor or you just want to be in that mode, in the Ice Cube mode, you pick up my record It sound like me. It sounds like one of my records. So I'm proud of that, you know, um, and, you know, I don't chase sounds or charts. I just do what I do. Just chase who, inspiration. Who who's whose music do you
2: have on repeat? Like when you uh going to work out, uh you doing something, you're like, Oh yeah, let me turn this on, man. Is there somebody that you listen to? You like, yeah, I, I like that. That's my cat there.
3: I'm all over the place. You know, sometimes I'm on something old, you know what I mean? You know, like Isley Brothers, you know what I mean? Sometimes I'm on something new, you know what I mean? Like I might bump some Lil Wayne. You know, um, you know, I might get real new and, and bump, you know, Lizzo, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's just, it's like, I just never know what it is. Whatever I'm feeling at the time. I'll go through my, my, uh, my playlist, wherever that, wherever that button say, like, damn, I want to hit that. You know, I found myself listening to it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. You know what I mean? So I'm all over the place, man. And I love it because I ain't got to carry around all these damn CDs no more. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I used to be the CD man. I would have big old, you know, whole 250 CD cases. (laughs) And I'm walking around trying to, you know, make sure I can have the music for my mood. But, you know, now it's kind of cool. You can just hit it
2: you know here's here's a crazy thing uh because my boys were they were very excited that we were we were gonna do this and so i I had thrown them uh one of your one of your CDs and and I have I have in my office this box of stuff and my 14 year old said dad what's this man and I picked it up and looked at it I said it's a cassette you know what and he looked at me like what do you do with this I said it's an album bro and he was like so what do you do with it? And I was like, my gosh. That's when you know we get old, man. <laughs>
3: hey, you know, it is what it is. You know, they, they hope to catch up to us one day.
0: Yeah. And you know,
3: what's cool is like, man, keep your cassettes, keep your cassette players, because at least it's it's a hard copy. Yeah. You know, they you know, they zap this damn phone and you lose your whole damn library. You know what I mean? You never know. You drop right. it in the toilet and it's over. It's over. You can get it out the cloud. But, but I'm just saying, the digital world is, the, is false reality. So keep your hard copies, man.
2: Uh, how did you come up with the name and name yourself Ice Cube? How did that come about? And who is solely responsible for coming up with NWA, Niggas With Attitude?
3: Well, my brother gave me the name Ice Cube. You know, when I was younger, I was always trying to be grown because all my, my brothers and sisters are eight years, nine years, 10 years older than me. So I would always try to be grown. And when his, when his female friends would call, he would never be there. So I would pick up the phone. So I'm trying to knock him down. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I like your little brother. Who's your little brother? All this like. So he got tired of that.
0: So refrigerator down the street that was empty it's been there for a week and i had tripped
3: out because he's keeping on the curb for the junk man to come get it but i had heard that you know kids could like lock yourself in there and you know you could die so he was like man i'm gonna take you down there in that refrigerator that you worried about so much and put you in there and when they pull you out of it gonna be Ice Cube. Right? That's what he's saying. So I'm like, okay. So I, I'm kind of with you for that. And then I go outside. When I go outside, I'm like, don't call me O'Shea no more, man. It's Cube, Ice Cube. That's me. That's me. I'm like, why? Well, I'm cool like that. So it just snowballed. It just
2: snowballed. And, and so, how did we get to NWA? Who was the guy? Who was the genius that came up with MWA?
3: It's between, it's between Dre and Easy. See, because they were, it was Dre, Easy, and Rand. They came and picked me up. I used to be at home just waiting for them to come pick me up. They, was, they would always have, I live in South Central, they would always have to come from Compton to get me. So I'm waiting. They grabbed me, they scooped me. And they said, we, I, we got the name of the group. I'm like, what? So I'm thinking, I'm, I'm waiting for a dynamic name.
0: <laughs> they don't tell me the name. They just say N.W.A. What the, hell what the hell does that mean? N.W.A. He said, niggas with attitudes.
3: And I was like. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's it. That's it, because we are. <laughs> we mad about it. Right, So it was a situation where we just, we knew they're going
0: to hear us, man.
3: they going to hear us. I don't care. They might want to ignore what we got to say, but yeah. they're they about to hear this shit.
2: Yeah. Sir, check this out. N.W.A was so socially forward back then revolutionary especially with some of the stuff y'all were saying and and talking about and and you go you fast forward to today there is so much pressure on being politically correct in what you say uh and how you do it you've got the me too movement uh could NWA be just as impactful today as they were back then
0: um,
3: I don't know, you know, you you just never know, you know, without that happening, you know, would we actually be in this position? Would we be here? you know, as far as uh you know, the evolution of you know what's acceptable, you know what I'm saying in yeah. society I mean, now, you know, like back in the day, a movie about weed <laughs> was something that was played in you know, about seven theaters in the city. You had to go find it, Cheech and Chong movie. You know now they got, you know, white ladies on HBO selling weed out their house. So <laughs> what's what's acceptable now is is just way different. So you know I don't know if NWA can would make that same impact. But what I do know is truth hurts some people, you know. um, Truth do hurt. Uh, So long as you bring in the real, um, it's gonna hit somebody. Um, And when I say truth hurts, it's not just trying to hurt people, but it's just trying to, the reality of the truth that's being told Sometimes it's painful, so I think you know, if that's the mission, then we could we could definitely get a rise out of people yeah how how did NWA and you
2: uh, how did you guys escape that east Coast west Coast beef? How come you guys never as big as you guys were, how come you guys didn't get dragged into that and didn't have the beef with that with the east Coast?
3: Well, I think in a way we did because I think it was the start of our movement that was the, 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 the undertone of what happened with Biggie and Tupac and all that. Um, you know, at one point, you know, we were kind of like, you
0: know, oh, what they're doing out there is cool. On the West, you know, they got iced tea. And, you know, now they got NWA and EZE. That's cool. But, okay, now we got, you got too short.
3: Got DJ Quick. You know, we start like here. Okay. The focus was being taken from the Mecca, New York. And it was being placed in other places, right? So he never had to share the spotlight. So a, a rapper by the name of Tim Dog, which we squashed this, so please don't start YouTubing all this shit, you know, Tim Dog and all oh man, Tim Dog. What you got to say? No one's going. But he did
0: a song called "Fuck Compton," right? And we was like, "Whoa!" Like, whoa, what's up with this? You
3: know what I'm saying? So that was a spark, you know, even though, you know, easy met with Tim Dog and he worked it out and was like, man, it's just a song, you know, It was like, yo, we want to rep our spot, y'all getting, you know, y'all, whatever, whatever was his reasons. They, you know, it was like, all right, let's let's leave Tim Dog alone.
0: Mm-hmm. But
3: it kind of started to germinate and and, and kind of pop out here and there and by the time it got to the to the east coast west coast beef so to speak it was it was it was kind of in the air mm. it was it was it was like ready to pop
0: yeah. like
3: one little thing if it wasn't that it would have been something else yeah at another seminar or at, or at another event it was just, it was too much, you know. So it was bound to happen in some way or another, and you know, it it just was unfortunate, a a big distraction away from good music.
2: Yep.
0: You know, um, I mean, a few, you know, I guess, um
3: hits was made during that time, people you know going at each other, but for the most part, hip hop suffered. Um but what came out of that was the emergence of the South and you know people just looking elsewhere for hip hop that wasn't full of you know beef and static. Yeah. You know? yeah. So so you know it uh it opened it up because it ain't where you from, man, it's where you at, straight up. And that's how it should be. You know, we one hood, we ain't, who cares really where you grew up at, man. You don't own it, you don't own that street, you don't own that block, you know what I'm saying? It ain't where you from, man, it's where you at. It's where you at here, that's what. In in the movie,
2: uh, right uh, as uh, Eze e had uh, contracted HIV and, and, and was sick. But b- before that, he reaches out to you. He reaches out to Dre to try to make amends. And it almost seemed as if you guys were amenable to that. Do you think if he had not uh, contracted HIV and passed on that you guys would have gotten back together and did one last album? Because it seemed like from the movie, that's where it was headed.
3: Yeah, I think so. Um, You know, at that time, I had you know, buried the hatchet. I wasn't really you know, I had battled with all kind of different forces through the 90s. You know what I mean? from Political forces, to
0: street forces, to you know, so at that point, you know, what I'm saying I'm ready to to figure this out because we started in the same place.
3: So I think we would, you know, it was just coming back full circle. Um, and you know, Easy was the kind of dude he'd will it in. You know, he's gonna yeah. make it happen.
0: Yeah.
3: You know, he's gonna make it happen. And you know that's just how determined he was to to you know to make sure his ideas came to fruition. He was just you know one of the smartest, most determined people I ever knew.
2: Uh, I'm always been curious when you look at those days. Suge Knight had some issues with Easy. Went went over there, basically tried to threaten Easy at one time. Uh even when him and Dre broke up, you know, he tried to kind of get big on Dre. How come he never stepped to you? How come you never had any Suge Knight stories?
3: I mean, because we always had, I mean, an understanding, you know. I mean, we always had an understanding. Um, you know, I've worked with Suge on, you know, some of the death row probably we did Natural Born Killers and you know, one time he had to want to do a video to that you know, shoot it for a live event and, uh, you know, I flew in and, you know, it's just always been, you know, we've always been able to communicate, put it that okay. way. Okay. It's never been no issues with us communicate. Um, and, you know, so, I mean, he know I'm doing my thing over here. He's doing his thing over there. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it's always been, you know, straight communication, no issues on that
0: part.
2: Um, Drake seems to be right now the biggest hip-hop person. Not saying he's the best MC. I'm just saying when you talk about who's the biggest, someone said who's the biggest hip-hop star right now, it seems to be Drake only because he can sing, he can rap. Uh, Would he be just as big in NWA in y'all's
0: heyday?
3: Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, any guy who can produce and perform, To me, got a great shot in any era. Um, You know, if you can produce your own music and actually perform it, and you know, create hits, and I believe that would work in
0: any era. You know, it has. You know, just think of all the the ones that can do it. You know, they've, you know, to me
3: had, you know, no issues with making making hits. You know, any era.
2: Serious question here, because whether it was music, uh, your solo career, whether it was NWA when people said you guys couldn't uh, be successful because of the stuff you were saying, whether it was you starting Big Three and people looked at it and maybe said, man, are you crazy doing that? Uh, Whether it was the movies, uh, you've always, it seems like, had the odds stacked against, against you and yet succeeded in a huge way. Now we've gone through this pandemic. There are a lot of people struggling. There are a lot of people trying to make a way out of no way. Can you give give us the blueprint? Give us some advice on for someone to say, if they said Ice Cube, how can I make it? Although it seems like the odds are stacked against me.
0: Um,
3: I think now's the time to lean on family. Um, Now's the time to you know, make any amends to,
0: to you know, your you know, relatives, loved ones. Um, and we gotta work
3: together. Everybody in the family gotta work together, you know, like it used to be. Everybody's an individual now. Everybody has more interest in their pocket and on their phone than they do in their household. And so we got to reverse that, you know, and we got to communicate. It's enough resources, you know, in most families to go around, you know, uh, people got to hunker down, change the way they do things, you know. Um, and if it's not enough resources, it's enough brain power to create those opportunities. And, you know, it's a, it's a thinking man's sport right now. It's not wait for the government to figure it out for you. It's, you know, grabbing people you know. Who can you trade with? Who can you barter with? Who can you build with? Who can you plan with? You know what I mean? Who can you create? You know, it's opportunity to create a business from home right now. You know, who's who's got that uh, motivation in your family? There are all kinds of different talents, you know, Stop relying just on yourself. You gotta rely on the people in your family, your loved ones who, you know, everybody know how to do a little something. So it's really, you know, that's the time. That, that's what time it is. Um, reconnect.
2: Best piece of advice you've been given. Ever? <laughs> yeah, yeah, best piece of advice. When you think about you said, man, the probably best piece of advice someone gave me was
0: what? Um. Treat your kids good because you know, they're going to grow one day and you're going to have to depend on them. And
3: so you should treat your kids good. You should respect your kids. Respect your kids' feelings and opinions. Not saying you should got to be Mr. Friendly. Not saying you don't have to be the adult not saying you shouldn't be you know the so-called authority in your house you know not saying you give away all your parent privileges but a little more respect you know uh, you know they're not there for your entertainment so you know uh doing stuff to them for your entertainment ain't cool you know um so you know, to me, it's just that's the best piece of advice uh, I've been given. Love that.
2: Love that. Now, listen, we do a segment here where uh, people send in questions through social media. Man, I'm telling you what, we got so many of them. I was like, look, I, I, we can only give him, let's give you give him three. Uh, that's it, because there's so many. Uh, Michael uh, from Instagram says, is there any artist or actor you want to work with or that you haven't
3: worked with? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot I haven't worked with, but I, I mean, I would love
0: to work with, um, you know, somebody like Al Pacino, um, you know, great actor, you know, I
3: would love to do something with, you know, Denzel or Eddie Murphy. Um, so, you know, those are the ones, you know, that. That I think about, like you know, damn, I want to make sure I can, you know, hopefully get a picture in with one of these, you know, one of these dudes.
2: That's hot. Um, Tom from Facebook says, "Did you really
3: knock Debo out?" Yeah, I knocked Debo out. <laughs> knocked him out. I had, a, I had a brick. I had a little help from a brick. Remember, <laughs> the brick, a brick, and a stick. I had a brick and a stick, you know what I mean? And I, you know, I, got a, I got a nice right hand, you know what I'm saying? So, don't sleep. He know. Uh, I went by that nose one time. He was like, whoa, whoa. Okay, yeah. Hold on, <laughs> like, hold on um, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I was like, okay. okay
2: That's hilarious. Uh, Vince from Facebook, he asks, uh, do you think fans remember you now more for your music or your movies?
3: Depends on if you're from, you know, this century or last century. You know, it depends on you know which century you grew up in.
0: You know what I'm saying?
3: So you're right. You're right. Last century, you might know. You from this century, you might not know about my music. Right, right.
1: Are you feeling run down? Do you need a natural way to boost your immune system? The all-natural B1 patch from USA Natural may be just what you're looking for. Professional athletes use it, and you can too. Just peel and stick, and within 30 minutes feel the natural boost of energy, stamina, and endurance. Visit BuyB1.com and enter the code BC3 for a discount on every order. Wear what the pros wear. The all-natural B1 patch. (laughs) Okay, Cube, last
2: segment here. On this podcast, we call it The Last Stand. Name of this podcast, I'm gonna give you a series of questions. You tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Are right, you ready? Yeah. All right. How often are
3: you mistakenly called Ice T than Ice Cube? I'm called Ice T maybe twice a month. <laughs> <laughs> maybe twice a month, somebody be like, hey, T.
2: i love it that's hilarious all right here we go this is what you think about this one which o'shea jackson is the better actor junior or senior i think junior is a better
3: actor really junior is a better actor yeah because i mean he's always been a he's always been a clown you know what i mean he's always been (laughs) acting around here you know me i just start acting you know when i met john singleton but you know he's just to me he you know he he can go there
2: he, hey i i i had to tweet him because he played that hell out of that role in just mercy uh den of thieves i love den of thieves uh so i hey, i give him props man i had to tweet him on that um all right give me give me one current or he, it could be a current or a past rapper who was on the Ice Cube collab bucket list, and it just never happened.
3: Oh man, um, a current or that it just never happened, or yes, that? yeah, except like being a rapper who who's passed away. I mean, of course, I would love to get on the track with Biggie. I mean, I've been on the track with Pop. I don't think I've been on the track with Biggie, mm. unless it's some crazy collaborated remix. But you know, in the studio, getting busy. Um, you know, I would have to say, you know, I think, you know, I, I think Black Thought is just an incredible rapper.
0: Man. Yes, he He's is, just man.
3: Pure. Um, so, you know, that that's a that that's something that I would think that'd be a dope collaboration, me and Black Thought.
2: Okay, uh, who are on the Ice Cube's Mount Rushmore of rappers?
0: Oh, wow. Man. I mean, Chuck D, for sure. No Rock Kim. Um Wow. Um, damn. Man, Mount Rushmore only got four people. You got four people.
3: Lord, have mercy, man. Come on, now. <laughs> it's the last stand. You got to take a stand. My, rock, my, my Mount Rushmore got at least 10 heads on me. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I'll put, you know, my um, man, you know, I'll put Melly Mel up there. And damn. And then it's like I got Ice-T and Karis one like this and that. Nice. Because these are game changer. Game changer rappers
0: hmm. changed
3: the game with, with what they did so that's that's my rush more all Put right extra head on it i
2: love it uh because you look you've been great with your time man uh, i'm gonna wrap it up with this since you wanted the, in my opinion the dopest mcs that ever spit all right you got to give us a quick freestyle and mention last stand podcast
3: Brian, I'm not about to freestyle, man. Say that for the kids.
2: Come on, man. Say that for the kids, man. man. This is Ice Cube. I understand
3: that. I understand that, man. I understand that. (laughs) Say that one for the youngsters. You know, it's like the dunk contest, man. It's like (laughs) after a certain time, you don't get into that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I gotta save mine for the fourth quarter, baby. <laughs> That's hilarious.
0: You know what I mean? Call
3: me call me when you when you're in the playoffs. Okay. You know I'll gotcha. come off the couch and win a championship.
2: Bitch. <laughs> he is the one and only ice cube. Uh he does it all. Man, I appreciate you, my brother. Uh I certainly appreciate you, man, taking the time and hanging with us.
3: Yeah, yeah, man. Appreciate you.
2: Take it easy. Absolutely. That's that's the Ice Cube, and as we talk about, we give you only the biggest and the baddest here on the Last Stand podcast. We'll see you next week.